So I think there's more than one way to say no to your child. I'm only saying that because I'm learning this. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of led that charge. Uh, it's Christmas time around here. And so our kids are like, ooh, I want this for Christmas. Ooh, can I have this for Christmas? I would like this for Christmas. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, not all the time. Uh, my no's tend to be a little more cut to the chase. No. The answer is no. And I think there's a reason for that. And there's a... We're gonna give it away before we get into the other side. So let's let's. There's gonna be a reason for that, and I yeah. think we dig into the heart behind our nose and maybe the purpose of a no, and how as parents we have freedom in the way we say no, but I think there's better ways to say no than others. So we're Absolutely. gonna unpack that here today. We'll see you on the other side. Our our oldest daughter. So. <laughs> We, she had a tragedy happen, okay? We owned, we had two barn cats we got from Selena's uncle, great uncle down in Oregon State. And one of them disappeared. Probably coyote dinner. <laughs> or, <laughs> or she got lost. And our oldest, that was her cat. And she's been really, she's been a champ about it. There's been some tears, but uh, she is now starting to ask about getting another kitten. <laughs> and the reason we're having this conversation today with Fierce Parenting is because Della, uh, that's our oldest. She says, can I get a kitten for Christmas? And what was your response? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, I'm not, not getting a cat. Nope. Don't even, no. Don't <laughs> <laughs> even taste me. <laughs> Just forget about it, kid. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> I'm a bit more heavy handed with the no because. But you aren't though. You are when you feel like you need to be. Right. Because oftentimes what happens when mom says no. Can I have, can I have a snack? No, sweetie, dinner's in 20 minutes. Please, can I have a snack? Okay, oh, fine, I guess. <laughs> because I think there's a, there's something innate about a mother. You want to you want to alleviate hunger. You want to alleviate discomfort. You want to nurture and you want also, to Also, you want to stop yeah. the whining. <laughs> and so what happens in your heart when you say no and the kid starts questioning? What, what goes through your head? I your start heart? questioning my own no, which I'm learning not to do, but... Right. Yeah, I start questioning, well, I mean, they could have a snack and they'll probably eat. I start rationalizing and like picking apart the no. But if I say it once and I say it severely. <laughs> That's why. In my head, I'm thinking, okay, it's clear. They shouldn't They shouldn't ask anything else. That's the signal to yourself, I think, right. honestly, more right. than anyone, that this is not something I'm going to let you. This is non-negotiable. Argue with me about. Whereas, I'm just, I'm making a contrast because as the dad, this is my, my inclination is like, if they push back, I just dig in. <laughs> I just dig in. And I'm trying home. to follow his lead more, but my digging in, I dig in costs mentally. me more emotions. I think. I think it does. You're not as, a, as much of a sociopath as I am. <laughs> but they'll be like, can I have a snack? I'm like, no, dinner's in 20 minutes. You can wait. Please. Did I stutter? I said no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the answer. Yeah. And arguing, by the way, is a form of disobedience. It's a yes. form of... You know, yeah, it's a form of basically rebelling against me. <laughs> and so I'm like, so now, now it's on. Like the no means no. If I if I yeah. act like it doesn't mean no, then they're just going to do this again. Right. So, but I think there's a different kind of fundamental way to do that because as a husband, as a, as a father, sorry, as a father in this case, we can sometimes exasperate our kids too if we refuse to take into context the need for the no and the the child who's right. you're giving the no to. Well, and there's so. a different interaction that happens I think with dad. Well, I guess they could be more whiny towards dad too, depending on how much 
dad has stepped into the role of mm-hmm. father, right, and leader, or has not stepped into that role. I mean, how many times do you hear about little girls that have their daddies wrapped around their little fingers? Right. Please, daddy, please. Yeah. What is it? Mona Lisa and, and John Raphael and then <laughs> in Parks and, and Rec. Rec. Money, please. <laughs> okay. It's just gratuitous, uh, but there's a deep down truth to some of that stuff. Yeah. And so, I learned this. I just want to interject this. I used to work construction yeah. as a, as a uh, project manager and the foreman on the job, Jim Saylor was his name, and he was just kind of like straight-laced shooter, you know, and he had a potty mouth, all that kind of stuff. He would swear, like, it's construction, right? But other than that, like, he was a straight shooter. Yeah. And he, he, he taught me this. I was like 22 years old. He says, with these guys, he says, Ryan, if you make a decision, do not change your mind. If you change your mind, it's weakness that will walk all over you. <laughs> and so I watched him do this. He's yeah. like, I made the decision. Like, that's what we're going to do. And I'm going to live and die with that. Comp- Obviously, if you make a bad decision, then you need to adjust. But right. it's like on trivial things, don't don't deviate because it, it sets a tone. Yeah. And so I learned that from Jim Saylor, you know, 15 <laughs> well, and years I think ago. that's something good for kids because again, boundaries and them knowing where you stand and why you stand there. It's mm-hmm. that actually creates safety for them. That creates assurance that creates a foundation for them. And they're not, they may try to bounce and push up against it, but okay. Well, he said no. And okay. I feel that. All right. I, that a no is a no. Right. And we keep learning about that. So, uh, there's things like tone, there's things like modeling this and teaching and training, you know, that you can be kind, but firm. Like I don't have to say, Nope, we're not doing a cat. Mom's pregnant. We're not, I'm not <laughs> going exactly to, it's basically how it was. Well, because who's going to end up taking care of this cat in the middle of winter? Me. <laughs> you, have you noticed though, the girls have started taking care of the dog. They've been trying it's fine. <laughs> I told them, I said, like, I, they go, can we get a cat? We'll take care of it. And I just said, it was, it was, I was tucking them in one night. You went there. Oh, great. He's was, making promises without me. <laughs> no, I was tucking them in and, and they said, we can take care of it. We're old enough. We can do all this. I said, I said, sweetheart, I, d- I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. I don't, I, you haven't, you haven't proven to me that this is where you're at yet. Yeah. If you can prove to me, it's like, what well, we can clean it clean our room every day and I was like no, they, they said we can take care of the dogs I said what I want you to do is clean your room every day we'd rather take care of the dogs I said clean your room every day because <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to do it because that's the test because you it don't really want to do it it really is and uh, it really is and so they've been cleaning they've been watching the dog not cleaning the room every day. <laughs> not been cleaning the room so I think with the idea of no we can there's opportunity for us to be preemptive and to train them in hmm. you know in their requests and in you know, kids know what the response is going to be sometimes and still they'll ask, which is great. Um, but I think we can, there's, there's a side, a beginning part, preemptive no, there's the no that can be kind and compassionate Mm. in the moment. And then after you say no, like you can explain why, and you can have the conversation, uh, once they have, uh, submitted to that no. And again, we're doing our kids a disfavor. I'm preaching to myself when our no becomes muddled, it becomes unclear. Mm. We question it. We come back on that answer. Uh, there's, there's a way to have a no continually be firm, uh, in, in order to teach and train them right in the things of God, like God's law is not well, I mean, when you feel like it, you know, it's, it's, it's not like, please, like mm-hmm. honor your parents when they're being honorable, right? Like so when you feel like or when you them. feel like yeah. it and, and you want something like that's not uh, scripture has a lot of no's. There's a lot of discipline and self-control and uh, spiritual fruit that comes from that because we are bent towards sinning. We are we don't desire the things of God naturally and, and outside of him. Yeah. Bringing us, calling us to that. I, I want to uh, highlight one thing. Okay. 
uh, and I, is that every time, because it sounds like we're just saying, okay, how, how can we say no more? And I know that's no. not what we're saying. <laughs> right. Because no, a no to one thing is a yes to 10 other things. Right. right. Like a no to staying up late tonight is a yes to a better day tomorrow. Right. A no to whatever the... So good. And so there's a trade-off. And that's why we're going to get back to our tenants at the end of this. But the three tenants involves the first one, which is all of parenting, or one of them, yeah, is all of parenting is discipleship. Right. So every, every decision you make, every little one, yes. It has something to do with the discipleship and the bedrock of why we yeah. disciple the kids the way we do. Right. And every no, every one no is a yes to five, or right. excuse me, is, yeah, is a yes to five other right. things. And I think teaching so. and training that with into your child is yeah. uh, something that helps them see not just the immediate moment. It also helps you as a parent see it's not just about ending the whining, right, or enduring the whining, but it is actually trying to teach and train them now is not the time. There will be a time, but it's not right now or whatever the question is. And I want to maybe age the children a little bit more. So you have a teenager. Yeah, right. And we mentioned this a few episodes back, but we've got combined decades of work with kids. And we, we don't have teenagers of our own, but we've worked enough with teenagers and we were them. Not that that matters. <laughs> <laughs> we were them. Were yeah. you one of them? <laughs> yeah, were you? Uh, no, but with teenagers, it's the same. And it's the, 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 the issues change, but I think the principles are there in that they also enjoy the boundaries. They enjoy uh, the, the thoughtful engagement with yeah. the questions they're asking. And it's the phone conversation, right? So right. no, we're not going to get you a phone at 15 years old or 14 years old, whatever the age is. And it's not just because we want to say no, but it's because we're saying yes to other things, including right. health, including your childhood, mm -hmm. including not getting wrapped up in whatever's on the phone, whatever, mm -hmm. you know. And so it's up to parents to paint that picture for them. They're not going to see it. Right. And that starts... From the moment they step out out of the womb, or they don't step out of the womb, it's something else out of the womb, <laughs> to the moment they, you know, I guess onward into life. Yeah. And so that's an exercise in trusting that every it no is. from God is a yes from God in another way. Yeah, it's good. It's a beautiful thing. And if that's our perspective as parents, then we can soften our nose right. and, and be firm in them. Uh, so we're, let's take a look at scripture. There's three places in here that we're just going to look at Jesus's interaction with children hmm. um, because he does, he interacts with them in different ways throughout these. So um, often children were brought to him for healing, hmm. uh, curing diseases. We see this in John 4, uh, casting out demons, Mark 7 and 9. He also raised uh, Jairus's daughter, Luke 8, right? Um, so it, I think it's just good for us. You're like, how does this deal with saying no, right? <laughs> I think it's just good to uh, good for us to see how Christ interacts with children um, and with the parents. So parents are just bringing all these kids to him and he's not like, no, no, like stay away. He's He has compassion towards them. Many times it, it, the first thing noted is that Jesus had compassion towards him, therefore, right. like he said or he did or he healed, right? So reminding us that he he loves us and that he values us. Um, these instances, again, we see more of who Christ is, how he loves and how he values children and, and life. And so um, I think it's just important for us to, you know, then ask ourselves, you know, do we value our children like Christ values him, them? He has compassion on them and he heals mm. them. Are we, are we compassionate towards them when we are saying no? Like, do we bring Jesus... Um, do we bring them to Jesus in prayer, asking the Lord to draw them in, to give them a soft heart when we have to say no, to give them a responsive heart? Are we asking the Lord to help us train them and disciple them in responding to the no with a happy heart right away, right? Uh, and and mm. 
are we approaching them with the heart of Christ in how we, again, say no? Are we just saying no to stop the whining? Because, yeah, I've been there. I've said no, and then I've regressed because they start whining, and I'm like, it's the end of the day. I'm tired. I just need you to be quiet. (laughs) But, again, is that how Jesus responded to the children that people were bringing to him? I'm not Christ, but Christ lives in me, right? So We don't see a lot of candid adult child interactions in scripture. I think Jesus feels like the most prominent ones because they're like the kids kind of interrupt the situation. As children do. It's a very candid moment. (laughs) Whereas like you get other stories of parents with children, like I'm thinking Abraham and Isaac. It's like they went up on the mountain and Abraham was being tested by the Lord and all this kind of stuff. Like that's not a candid moment. That's a, that's like there's some, there's a narrative that's being, a discourse that's being revealed. Right, right. And I, I often wish, like, what, what I wish we could see and we could know. Those like, conversations. What were those little conversations <laughs> yeah. when, um, you know, I, we used the example in the marriage episode, but Zechariah and, is it Elizabeth? With John the Baptist. Yeah. Like, what did their nose look like? Yeah. Like, we are told in Ephesians, Paul, uh, Paul says, children, obey your parents. Right. Right? And that's, right. Every, obviously, it's reinforcing. I think it's in Ephesians. It it's is. reinforcing uh, the, the commandment. Fathers. Ephesians 6. Yeah. But then he says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Another translation says, do not exasperate them. So there's this give and take. Yeah. Where I feel like the job of the child is to obey the parents. And the job of the parent is to not so be obey so, God and to not be so. Be so harsh yeah. and so rigid. But yes, also provide that structure and that discipline that we see in Deuteronomy yeah. 6. That we are not exasperating them, but we are calling them up to a standard and we are giving them the opportunity to rise to it and if necessary, drawing them up to it Mm -hmm. and helping them and grabbing their hand and pulling them up to it um, without enabling, you know, uh, disobedience or anything like that. Absolutely. So the first one, uh, the first interaction we see with Jesus and children is one of healing, one of compassion um, for the hurt, the pain. Uh, and seeing how he values them in those weak moments. Um, Mark 10, 13 through 16, let the children come to me is the title. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them for Mm -hmm. to such belongs the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. I'm sorry. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. So what what qualities is Jesus kind of highlighting here, right? We talked about mm. the simple acceptance. We've talked about how he values children, how he sees them. Uh, there's a, an aspect of humility that goes along with kids. Um, there's also some weird pride, right? That they just are like, they have no um, inhibitions or mm. awareness of, oh, I'm not supposed to walk up to this person that is talking. Love it. You know, they just go, they go to him. And so he was rebuking the disciples and drawing the children unto him. Uh, just something to, I think, kind of, okay, how is Jesus seeing this? He's not saying, yeah, disciples, thanks for wrangling those wild children over there. He's saying, no, let the children come to me. And it's not to throw order and, you know, out the door. You know, there there is right. there is some order and, and decorum that should be there. But I think when it comes to our... I'm going to interrupt because I okay. feel like Jesus saw that. And I'm, I'm just going to commentate here. Yeah. I feel like he saw that as an opportunity to make an illustration of, of childlike faith. And yeah. so he said, yeah, okay. And I'm guessing the kids were not, have, have you ever been to, like I've done missions trips to Panama, to Mexico. Yeah. Uh, I've been to many parts of Central America. The kids are always around. Yeah. Like if there's somebody novel and unique, and especially if somebody who's well known as Christ were there, like yeah. they'd be there. Yeah. 
And so like, this is the one instance where Jesus is calling them and saying, now have faith like these ones. Right. Let them come to me. You also come to me like them. Right. And by the way, you know, see them the way I see them. Yeah. It's not that he doesn't, he, he's ignorant to their loudness or their messiness or their mm. lack of decorum, right? He's seen past that, I think. He's seen mm. them as people. He's seen them as souls. He's seen them as somebody to be valued, not to just be um, corralled, quietly put aside, which I think is something we, we struggle with as parents, right? So when it comes to things like saying no, um, are we just barking orders and expecting obedience or are we really drawing our children in? Are we really calling mm. them, like you said, to faith? Uh, I mean, we yes, sometimes immediate obedience is necessary if they're running across a busy street, right? You holler out a no, don't cross the road, got it. But I think more often than not, our, our no's can be soul crushing and not actually an opportunity to draw our children in mm. and have a conversation with them. Uh, you know, just like I was like, nope, no cats. You know, it's like, well, Let's talk about why this might not be a good or an opportune time. It's not no forever, but why this may not be the best time for us to get a cat, right? Engage them in that conversation. Engage and ask them questions Mm. that you already know the answer to, but they need to wrestle with that information. They need to come to grips with that on their own. Uh, And and, and I think, again, it values, it shows them that they are valued Mm. in your eyes. And it shows them that they're not just a nuisance and their requests are silly, but that they're children and they're coming to their parents. Yeah. Yeah. And if we don't explain it to them, who will? Right. And that's where I think they start to uh, distrust some of the decisions that we make because we don't give them the ability or the opportunity to process it and to appreciate the reasons. Right. And frankly, it puts us to the test if we don't have valid reasons. Yeah. Uh, It's a lot easier to bark a no and say, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, when I don't, I don't want to give you a reason. I don't want to play the game because I'm, I'm just too lazy right, right now. Like that's right. not a good reason. Like I get being tired, but like if I just feel like zoning out on my phone and you want to play this game that you made, and I'm just gonna say no, just go away or yeah. whatever the request is. Like, we are training them and modeling something for them, whether it's Deuteronomy six or something else. Mm, they will be seeing something and they will be learning something. So. Um, just a quick recap, you know, uh, number one, seeing Jesus interaction with children through healing, through compassion, uh, through valuing them. Uh, number two, Jesus used, I used, but he. <laughs> his, interaction, his interactions with children give us an example for the faith that we're supposed to have. Yes, yes. Childlike faith. Yeah. Yep. And the number three is uh, the competition aspect. <laughs> Parenting is not a competition <laughs> uh, <laughs> because we look at Matthew 18, uh, one through six. Why don't you read that? And then it's the same account, I think, mm. in, in Luke 9. But go ahead. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to be to have a, a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. So that's one account. There's another account that is actually a little bit different, but it's an argument not about who's the greatest in heaven, but I think who is the greatest among us right now. So the disciples are having this conversation. Jesus knows their thoughts and their motivations. An argument arose them, Luke 9, 46 through 48, uh, as to which of them was the greatest. 
But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him Mm. who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. So again, we see a placement of value for children. Mm. Uh, It seems like the disciples are acting like children (laughs) in the wrong sense. There's this competition and... You know, okay, who's the greatest? Because you know, I've been, I've been fasting, and I've been by your side. Jesus, I got you bread the last time you were hungry. You know, those kinds of things. And again, it's not a competition. And and mm. I think Ryan and I, I think I maybe struggle with it. I'm always like, gosh, I feel like you're always the yes, and I'm the no, um, and I'm not very good at the no. <laughs> and maybe that is the case because the Lord is sanctifying my my own heart. Um, but again. Christ is teaching the disciples and anyone else who's listening, which I'm assuming parents are somewhat around this child or children Mm. that are being brought to Jesus, right? And so they're hearing Christ say, it's not about who's the greatest. It's about who's the least among you that's actually the greatest and and, which is a a revelation and truth, huge truth within itself, right? Where we are, our ability to, to be gentle with those that are the least instead of just shooing them aside or our ability to engage in a conversation with the least, right? That mm-hmm. is, that is actually more value of more value to Christ than us just barking a, a no and not discipling through, discipling our children through that no. Yeah. And I think that's the core of this whole conversation is that the no's are discipleship opportunities and that should be freeing to right. a parent that right. is seeking to train their children in the way they should go that you should if you in good conscience and good conviction know that no is the right answer like take confidence in that yeah and sometimes if we if we put the wrong amount of weight in uh the result of the no we can question the no Hmm. and but that i would argue humbly that it's a in, in a sense, it's a disobedience then at, sure. on, our, on our level. When we know yeah. the conviction God's given us and the command he's given us and we are fudging that because the kids are raising a fuss, then uh, this is the encouragement to be, be free in that and take yeah. joy and then press into the discipleship that that is. Right, and know that we are an yeah. extension of God's authority in our yeah. children's lives. Yeah. And so for us to, again, move those boundaries or wiggle on some of that stuff, again, taking into consideration, you know, the no, you know, and yeah. being slow to speak, I think comes into play here, of course. But again, it's not just a power trip for them to obey me. It's, it's, I want them to understand that I am, yes, I am the authority. And it is not your right to question me. It, it, it is your right to just be the child. And so you get to, it, it might be a privilege at one day where we can engage in these questions, but I'm not going to engage with a three-year-old on why they can't have a snack right now, right? Or a nine-year-old. I mean, <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I just, I think it's it's important to understand that authority yeah. as parent and child Soon. because that's the reflection of who our Heavenly Father is to us. Yeah, yeah, and without that context, it would be really hard to say no um, unless it was just our own opinion. And yeah. so I guess that's all of, this is predicated on the idea that God is God and we are not, and we are parenting based on what He has told us to do right. imperfectly. Like we're here, consistent. we're here talking to you listening you're watching we're not perfect parents we will never be perfect parents and we don't have it all figured out we don't have kids that are teenagers yet we don't know a lot of stuff but we do know god and we do know his word and our hope is to humbly present this truth to you in a way that we believe is faithful to scripture and without god being the foundation of that we'd be lost so if you're looking for life if you're looking for uh meaning we contend with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, that meaning is only found in the person and work of Jesus Christ, who he is, what he accomplished. If you don't know what that means, 
we want to invite you to this website. Go to thenewsisgood.com. It'll tell you what it means that Jesus died for you, mm-hmm. that truth and what that truth means for your eternity and in turn, how you parent. Yeah. So we invite you to check out that website. Mm-hmm. Let's pray. God, thank you for the um, freedom to say no. Mm-hmm. And you've given us, even trusted us every no that you call us to give to our kids. I pray that you help us to, um, to say no wisely, confidently, gently, lovingly, with discipleship in our hearts and our minds. I pray for the parents, whether they have babies at home or they have teenagers that are almost out the door, that you would encourage them, equip them, uh, and, and, and use them in the formation of their children's mm-hmm. souls, all for your glory, for their good. Thank you, Lord. Help us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're still with us, thank you. If you want to partner with us, go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. You patrons are the reason we're able to continue this. Yes, thank you. Of course, the reason that God has ordained. God is ultimately the reason. We trust him and we thank you. We trust that if he's leading you, that you would uh, obey him in that. Otherwise, we're going to keep doing this. God has put great joy in our hearts, yes. particularly with Selena, to do this work. <laughs> so even though, even though sometimes we're tired, we're tired right now. Well, it happens. Making so, a baby is so, hard work. <laughs> I wouldn't know, but yes, I agree. You support that. So this episode of Fierce Parenting is in the can. See you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Stay fierce. <laughs> <laughs>